Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, August 4th, and this is your FT News Briefing. President Trump now says he's okay with Microsoft buying TikTok, but he wants the U.S. government to get a cut. The U.S. also has a problem with how the World Trade Organization handles legal disputes, and the leading candidates for director general say America has a point. And why are foreign aid groups in North Korea borrowing money from Kim Jong-un's government? Plus, we now have the numbers showing just how bad the pandemic has been for oil companies. So what comes next? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It was just a few days ago that Donald Trump said he would block TikTok in the U.S. and block any American company from buying it. But yesterday, the U.S. president abruptly changed his mind. I don't mind if, uh, whether it's Microsoft or somebody else, a big company, a secure company, very, very American company, buy it. But he added a deadline of sorts, saying ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok, must sell its Western operations by September 15th or thereabouts. And it has to be bought by an American company. Otherwise, he said the app would be banned in the U.S. And Mr. Trump added another curveball. He said the U.S. government should get a cut of the sale price. The rationale is that since Washington would allow TikTok to continue operating in the country, it deserves a piece. It's unclear how or why the Treasury would be paid, given this would be a private sector deal, and the White House did not respond to an FT question on the matter. But even with Mr. Trump's blessing, Microsoft still needs to jump over some logistical hurdles. It's not clear whether TikTok's Western businesses can be separated from the rest of its operations, and the two parties haven't even agreed on a price. Now, the World Trade Organization is in the middle of choosing a new director general, and the leading candidates say they're in favor of an overhaul of the WTO's judicial system. Here's how we got here. The judicial body has again and again ruled against American restrictions on low-priced imports. The U.S. says the body is meddling with national laws, and so, in protest, the U.S. has refused to appoint new judges, which means they don't have enough to function. The favorites, Kenya's Amina Mohamed and Nigeria's Ngozi Okonjo-Iwalia, recently spoke to the FT. They said the criticisms by the U.S. were valid. WTO incumbent Roberto Azevedo is stepping down in September. At that time, the WTO will start whittling down the list of eight nominees. And there are foreign aid groups in North Korea helping protect the country from the virus. But those aid groups need money to operate. And because of U.S. sanctions over the country's nuclear weapons program, banks generally won't help transfer money into the hermit kingdom. So the aid groups have been carrying cash across the border. And now that they're there, they've started turning to another source of funding, loans from the North Korean government. Experts say that banks don't want to be linked to the Kim regime and its alleged human rights abuses and were also worried of being caught in the crosshairs of the U.S. Treasury. By the way, North Korea's state media claims that there isn't a single coronavirus case among its 25 million citizens. But last week, the regime isolated the southern border city of Kaesong from the rest of North Korea because of coronavirus fears. It was the first time the state admitted the virus had potentially breached its borders. And here's a story you should know more about. Coronavirus lockdowns and travel bans hit oil companies hard. Remember when the price of West Texas Intermediate crude went negative? 
Oil companies felt that sting. Royal Dutch Shell and Total reported the most recent quarterly earnings, and they were bad. Shell said it had an 82% drop in adjusted earnings. Total said its adjusted profits fell by 96%. Our senior energy correspondent, Anjali Raval, explains that this most recent quarter is a turning point for many companies. The companies are using this time to reevaluate how they see the oil market playing out for the longer term. And they've taken this opportunity to say, you know what, we think oil prices are going to stay lower for a lot longer. And then in the US too, you know, you've had companies do the same thing there. So ExxonMobil and Chevron both reported deep quarterly losses on Friday. And obviously these are sort of two of the biggest US corporate titans. uh, And they're kind of revealing this utter, you know, traumatic experience that they've had just like others in the sector. You know, this has been the worst oil crash in a very, very long time. You know, it, it sounds to me, Angelie, like oil companies are at a crossroads. Either pivot to the reality that we're in because of the pandemic or, or stick with the strategies that have made them successful and, and powerful over the last few decades. This is where we really see a split between the European oil and gas companies and the American companies. If you're Shell or BP, Total, ENI of Italy, What they've been saying is that the current situation, the pandemic, is only going to accelerate the energy transition towards cleaner fuels. The pressure is only growing. So they see this need to pivot in some way towards these cleaner, greener energies, even if they're not able to show just yet that they're able to make the same kind of money as their legacy fossil fuel businesses. Until now, a company like Exxon and Chevron and others have been focusing on their traditional businesses, believing that this is where they can add value. The investor pressure has not been as significant there as it has been here in Europe. The political pressure hasn't been as significant there as it has been here in Europe. But what has been clear throughout this pandemic is that companies are becoming more introspective. They are thinking much more carefully about their costs, about, you know, what happens if oil prices stay lower for a lot, lot longer than they initially thought, what this might mean for their future spending patterns, how, what do they do about their cost structures? They are right now reevaluating everything. So the pandemic really brings out a, a new side to these companies. And one company that comes to mind is BP, which reports its quarterly earnings today. And it's a company that you and I have talked about on the show before and has a new chief executive, Bernard Looney. Angelie, what can we expect from them today? So BP, which has for years been a complete laggard when it came to any of this stuff around action on climate change, is trying to be very proactive, is trying to overhaul his organization at the same time as trying to financially remain resilient as they get through this financial crisis triggered by the pandemic. We are now going into a period where BP has to decide, are they going to cut their dividend or not? That is the overarching question hanging over BP as it reports its earnings on Tuesday. But there are broader questions too. Everyone's looking ahead to September, which is when BP plans to announce its strategy for how it plans to thrive in the energy transition, how it plans to overhaul its business strategically for the longer term.
And if you want to hear more about the future of the energy industry, tune into a discussion featuring Anjali and the rest of the FT's energy team tomorrow, August 5th, from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Tap the link in the show notes to sign up. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.